Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. We're going to kick off a brand new series that we are simply calling Jesus Never Said That. Have you ever heard phrases or things that you think, is that really in the Bible? I mean, I believe oftentimes we as people have a tendency of taking our liberties, of putting words in Jesus' mouth of things that we think that he would have said. Things like, well, you shouldn't judge people. Or follow Jesus and your life will be great. You'll never have an issue. You'll be wealthy You'll be healthy, you'll be wise, life will be perfect if you'll just trust and follow Jesus. Jesus will never, or God will never give you any more than you can handle. We're going to talk about some of these things and many, many others over the next several weeks. And I would encourage you, be with us each and every week. We're going to dive into these things and we're going to find out what did Jesus actually say? And what does that look like in our lives today? Our first misquote is this. Being a good person is enough. Being a good person is enough. I've oftentimes heard people make that statement. Well, I'm a good person. Yes, anybody ever hear that before? Or or maybe let's take it a step further. I'm a good Christian. Is it enough to be a good person or just a good person? Christian, did Jesus say that that being good is enough? It's all we need to do is just be good? No. No, Jesus never said that. In fact, many times, being simply good is a uh, deterrence, a detriment to a life of holiness with God. Let, Let me say that again without tripping over my word. Being simply good oftentimes is a detriment to being set apart and being holy before God. Why? Because suddenly we begin to justify our actions. Suddenly we begin to look at those around us and compare ourselves to those around us. Well, I know what they're like. I had a conversation with them. I know that they're a gossip. I'm better than that, so I must be good. Well, I don't do the things that that they do, and and I'm better than they are. I'm not quite as good as that person, but that's okay because they have this position. They have to be good. I'm a good person. We justify, we compare, we rationalize, we give reasons why it's all okay. But the reality of the matter is this. Good enough to live by is not good enough to die by. Hmm. Pastor, I'm a, I'm a good person. Good enough to live by is not good enough to die by. But pastor, God would never send a good person to hell. You're right. God would never send a a good person to hell. But our decision to live a life that is contrary to the holiness of God will make hell a reality for many, many, many good people. Let me say that again and let that sink in just a little bit this morning. Our decision, our willingness to, to live a life that is 
contrary to the holiness of God will make hell a reality for so many people. Being a good person is simply not enough. Why? Because anything less than perfect is in direct conflict to the ways of God. Hmm. So what do we do with that? Because I don't know about you, but I don't know a perfect person. I don't know a person that is faultless. So anything less than perfect falls short of the holiness of God. And the Bible says we all sin. We all fall short. So is good enough? No, Jesus never said that being a good person was enough. There's got to be another step. We're going to get to that step in just a few moments. Our text this morning is found in three out of the four Gospels. They tell the story of a, a good person that left a conversation with Jesus extremely distraught. Now, I stopped for a moment and I thought about that. And I thought, man, if, if I was to have a conversation with Jesus, I, I think I would leave that conversation overly excited. Let's say for just a moment, you, you had the opportunity to meet the president or or some Hollywood star, or your favorite football athlete, or whoever it happens to be, you had an opportunity to have a face-to-face -face conversation with that person. You would go into that conversation excited, and you would leave that conversation ready and willing to tell everybody what just happened. Right? But in this moment, this, this good man comes with excitement in his heart, runs to Jesus, kneels down before him, begins the conversation, and ends the conversation distraught. Why? Well, let's take a look. Mark chapter 10 is the gospel that I'm going to read out of, because I love how Mark portrays this. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 17, I want to read a few verses says this, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him. When's the last time you were so excited that you went running up to somebody? Some of you are like, I don't know the last time I ran. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you. Proverbs says only a fool runs when no one is chasing them. There's reasons why I don't run. I don't want to be a fool. Let's see. A man came running up to him, running up to Jesus, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder you must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and your mother. 
Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commands since I was young. Oh, can you imagine the excitement that's welling up in this good man? Jesus is listing off all of these rules, and he's like, man, I, I've, I followed that one, and I followed that one, I followed that one. Man, I am on top of this. I'm going to be a good person. Look what it says. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad. For he had many possessions. Picture the moment. Jesus is standing there and suddenly from a distance this good man sees Jesus. Knowing what Jesus represents and knowing what Jesus is able to do, he he beelines it over to Jesus. He runs to him, he kneels before him, and he cries out, what must I do to have eternal life? But in this, I fear that this man mistook goodness for holiness. He saw himself as good, but he was not willing to go all the way with God. We're going to take some time this morning and process through this story. But let me ask you a question. What does it mean to be good? How would you define good today? Or more personally, would you consider yourself a good person? I mean, you don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't steal. You're pretty nice. I mean, you have your moments, but you're pretty nice. You haven't killed anyone yet. You don't cheat on your taxes. You even volunteer in the nursery and you've changed a diaper for Jesus. I mean, overall, you're an upstanding, good person. You're an asset to America, to your neighborhood, to your job. You're a good person. But this is where our good man found himself in our story. Maybe this idea of being good is something you struggle with. How can I ever measure up? I I mess up too many times i falter way too much i'm not even sure pastor i can call myself good how can i ever be enough well the good news is you can't on your own that's why jesus came that's why he gave us the new covenant that's why he died on the cross when we are weak that's that's when he steps in He paves the way where it seems impossible. He makes a way where it seems that we can't achieve, but we can't move forward. Jesus is our answer. 
Or maybe you've come to the place like our rich young ruler, our good man, and, and you feel that, well, you're, you're doing good. You're no better, no worse than anyone around you, and surely that's enough. If someone was to ask you, uh, what kind of person are you, you would say, I'm a good person. I'm simply a, a good, good person. The day that I was putting this message together, I was scrolling through Time Hop on my phone and looking at some previous posts. I love to look at what happened on that day in my life X amount of years ago. And I ran across a post that I tweeted eight years ago. I, I think it's appropriate for us to read today. I ask this question and I ask it again today. Is the change that you have made for God obvious? If not, are you really following him? Is the change that you've made in your life obvious? Or if not, are you really following him? Jesus looked at this rich young ruler, this good man, and he said, this is what you need to do. And he began to list one by one the commands. And the man's like, man, I have done those. I follow those. I'm doing all right. I'm on the right path. But Jesus said, are you willing to go to the full extent? Are you really willing to make a change? I know it sounds harsh. Is the life that you are living today closer or further away from God from where you were a year ago? A month ago? What about a day ago? What, if anything, does that change look like? I challenge you today to make a change that makes a difference. Jesus looked at this man. He said, if you really want to follow me, Let's get to the root of this. The thing that's been controlling you, the thing that, that really you've set your eyes upon, the thing that is leading your entire life right now is, is all your possessions. If you really want to follow me, what I need you to do is, is sell it all. In other words, be sold out for the cause of Christ. Be willing to make a change. Be willing to make a change that makes a difference. See, the more you get to know God, the more that you will discover that he loves you unconditionally. He is pursuing you with compassion and care and desire. Did you hear what he said? Jesus said, I looked at this man and I felt love for him. I can imagine as this rich young ruler walked away distraught, heartbroken, Imagine that Jesus stood there feeling the same pain. Oh, I wanted to know him more. I wanted to take him further than just good. I wanted to connect with him. Jesus felt a genuine love for this man, but I believe that Jesus also feels a genuine love for every one of us. He made a way for us. In fact, 2 Peter 1, verse 3 says this, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Now look at this. It does not say, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need to be a good person. Right? 
God has given us what we need to go far beyond just being good. Because good will never cut it. Jesus never said it's enough to be a good person. But God, by his divine power, has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. Maybe you feel like this good man. You feel like you've done pretty much all you need to do to be good. You understand good as society defines it. After all, you are a good person. You're a a good Christian. I mean, you're here this morning, aren't you? But is it enough to be good when God has given us what we need to be holy and set apart for Him? For the next few moments, I want us to take a moment and, and look at some keys that open the door to a life of greatness with God. The first key is this. You've got to evaluate your personal life. You've got to evaluate your personal life. The Bible says examine yourselves regularly. Do a a once-over from top to bottom. It says if you can't find Jesus there, guess what? He's missing. Look at your life today. I know a lot of good people that are far away from God. See, the difference between good and great is Jesus. Come on, I had two people that followed me with that. The difference between good and great is Jesus. See, we desire, I desire, hopefully you desire, to be great with God, not so that I can receive anything, but so that He receives the glory. God has given us all that we need to live a godly life, a life that is set apart for Him. Is Jesus in your life? I'm not asking you, do you go to church? I'm not asking you if you give in the offering. I'm not asking you if you change diapers in the nursery. I'm not asking if you're a greeter at the door. I'm asking, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to go the full extent? Are you willing to go to the end for Him? No doubt our rich young ruler considered himself good. In fact, when Jesus began to list all that he needed to do to be good, I believe that this young man was mentally checking them off. I feel really good about that. I feel really good about that. I followed that one. But then Jesus began to dig a little deeper. He gets to the root of the man's self-dependence, his material items. One commentary that I was reading relates it to the fact that, that this young man failed to really love God and love people with all that was in him. Now, no doubt... He loved God. Otherwise, he wouldn't want to spend eternity with him. No doubt he loved Jesus. He ran up to him and and knelt before him and he cried out to him. But did he really love him with all that was in him? No. See, he wasn't willing to go the full extent. Are you? 
good man left our conversation, left the conversation with Jesus sad that day because he was unwilling to go the distance. Jesus tells the man, if you want to be perfect, if you want to achieve this brand new level, go and sell your possessions and give them to the poor. Jesus was saying, now is time. Action is required. It's time to do more than just follow a list of rules. It's time to begin to move forward. Rather than obey Jesus' instructions, this man turned his back on the Lord and walked away. If we want to be what God would have us to be, we must come before him, place ourselves before him, evaluate our lives, and figure out what's dug deep down inside of us. The Bible says in Psalm 139, the psalmist cries out, Search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Anybody have anxious thoughts? Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the paths of everlasting life man there's so much depth here an honest prayer god would you search me but lord i'm asking you not just to look on the exterior God, I want you to dig down deep inside of my life. Search me, know me, test me, identify the wrong. And then, Lord, once you've discovered all of that, would you lead me to a brand new place with you? Lord, I want to go the distance. God, I'm tired of just being good. Can you pray that prayer? Is that something you're willing to do? Search me, God? It's scary. Let me be honest with you. That's a scary prayer. Because some of us have these little closets in our lives that we hide all of the skeletons. But the psalmist says, I don't want to hold anything back. I don't want to hide anything. Search me, God. Know my heart's Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything and everything that offends you. And Lord, lead me. Lead me, Lord, to this path of everlasting life. Are you brave enough to pray that prayer? Our rich ruler thought he was. He thought he was. He ran up to Jesus full of compassion and excitement laid himself out before him and said, Good teacher, what must I do? You see, he was a doer. He kept the commands. He was a doer. What must I do? See, he wanted to, to skip down to the last portion of this sentence he wanted to get to the part that said lead me oh we don't mind being led but we don't want somebody to pry right because sometimes digging into our heart hurts sometimes processing through those anxious thoughts hurt Sometimes realizing those things that we do in our lives that offend the very God that we worship and love 
Sometimes that hurts. God, I don't want to do those things. So God, let's skip past all of that. Let's go to the point of leading. But until you deal with the issue, until you allow God to begin to cut into your soul and into your life, until you allow him to begin to remove that junk that's hindering you and those weights that are holding you back, you will never truly begin to follow where he's leading you to go. Our young ruler wanted to bypass the evaluation. He was happy enough just being good, following a a few items on a list. But See, the second key, the second door that we've got to open is this. Identify who you are in Jesus. See, this is so hard because we try to identify ourselves compared to the person next to us. We spend a lot of time doing this. And looking around and trying to figure out, how do I fit in amongst all these people? Can I be honest with you? That doesn't matter a bit. Doesn't make, here's a good Southern Missouri phrase, doesn't make a hill of beans difference. Some of you are like, I don't even know what that means. We spend so much time looking at those around us that we forget to say, God, who am I in you? Oh, look at this. Here's who you are. 1 Peter chapter 2. But you are the ones chosen by God. Come on. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, God chose you. Look at the person on the other side. He said, he even chose you. Even you. you are the chosen ones. God is calling out to you. Chosen for a high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be holy people. Look at that. Not chosen to be a good person. Holy As God is holy. That's why we need Jesus. The young ruler thought that he figured it out. He thought, I can just go to Jesus and get a a formula, an answer, and he can give me the the clue of what to do, and I can can check, I'll put that on my list with do not lie, do not cheat, don't go with girls that do, and all this stuff, and and I'll be all right, It'll, it'll, it'll go forward, I'll put it on my list, I'll check mark it, then I'll be good. He didn't realize that he had to look down deep inside. You are chosen. You're the chosen people by God. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be holy people. God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. To tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. Some of you right now, you're hanging out in the land of rejected. You're hanging out in the land of worthlessness. And God said, I'm ready to take you from here to there. I'm ready to give you hope. I'm ready to give you a new life. I'm ready to take you from a good person to a holy person. Identify who you are. In Jesus. Let's go through these very quickly. I'm running out of time. Number one, you are chosen by God. 
Do you see that? God singles you out. Some of you in the room right now, you have a hard time grabbing a hold of that because you know you too well. You know how foolish you are. You know how many mistakes you make. You know how many times you keep doing that dumb thing and you keep telling God sorry and you keep doing it again and you keep telling God sorry and you keep doing it again and you have a hard time realizing that God chose you. But guess what? He did. God chose you. He singled you out not to be a good person but a chosen one of God. He called you by name. Look at Deuteronomy 14. You have been set apart. Do you have those things in your life that, that you set apart because you like them? You have, maybe it's that, that candy that you hide from your kids at Easter. Anybody else ever do that? I mean, it's the good candy. You're opening all their Easter eggs and you're like, Hey, kid, look over there. And you grab the Snickers and you put it in your pocket. They're like, this one was empty. I'm like, well, well, I don't know. You set it apart because Snickers at Easter time is amazing because it's fresh. It hasn't been sitting on the shelf for like months, right? Come on. Anybody else ever notice the difference? Easter candy is like, is like heaven Easter candy. Not quite there, but man, I believe they're serving it for dessert in heaven. You set it apart because it's, it's, it's something great. Look at this, look at this. You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God. God has set you apart for a greater purpose, a greater calling. The next, you have a higher calling. Your purpose in life is not just to get up in the morning and go to work and eat lunch and finish work and go home and, and talk to your family and eat dinner and go to bed and repeat the next day. You are set with a purpose, a high calling from God. And those with a high calling can never settle for good enough. If you do accept, accept being good enough, then you are accepting a calling that is less than that of which you were created. Let me say it again. If you do settle for good enough, for just being a good person. You are accepting a calling that is less than that for which you were created. God chose you. He called you. He set you apart. He's given you a higher calling. And finally, you are taken from nothing to something from God. One person got excited by that. Church, what you don't understand is without Jesus, we have nothing. But he looks at you in, in all of your faults, in all of your struggles, and he says, you know what? I can do something with that. I've got a plan for them. The end of what we just read a few moments ago in 1 Peter said this, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Colossians chapter 3 says, put on a new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. How do you become like him? You spend time with him. I'm looking forward to six or eight months down the road when Pastor Ryan and Amy have been in Tennessee, 
and to hear little Sky with a southern accent. I have a feeling she's going to become one of those that has a little bit of an accent. And it's going to be awesome. No, we have a tendency of becoming like the environment in which we dwell. You hang out with negative, you become negative. You hang out with gripey, you become gripey. You hang out with optimistic people, you become optimistic. You hang out with joyful people, you become joyful. You hang out with slugs, you become a slug. Right? The more you hang out with Jesus, the more you become like him. I want you to understand this morning that good is never enough. It's not going to cut it on the other side of eternity. Good enough to live by is simply not good enough to die by. Acts chapter 4 says this, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. What is that name? Jesus. Romans chapter 10, if we declare with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be taken from nothing to something, from just good enough to great enough with God, holy and set apart with a purpose for him. And finally, our third and final key Today, musicians, if you come, pursue something greater than good. Our rich young ruler, he came to a crossroad. He ran and fell down before Jesus, inquiring what he has to do just to make it to heaven. Problem was when the answer was given, he wasn't willing to go the extent. He wasn't willing to pursue something greater than good. Maybe that's where you are. You're at a crossroads. It's time to make a decision today, not just to approach Jesus, but to pursue holiness. And I look at our society today. I even look at some churches today and I fear that we're bypassing holiness and we're settling for good enough. Church, we can't settle for good enough. You have been called by God with a purpose and a plan, with a high calling. He has called you by name, identified you. And he said, it's not enough just to be good. It's time to pursue something greater than good. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Let us make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us. What are those things in your life? What are those things in your life that are keeping you at good? What are the things that are distracting you and, and keeping you from being set apart? What are those things in your life that, that you need to make a, a clean break of? Look at this. Let us make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within 
and without. Let us make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the dwelling place. You're where Christ resides. Are you willing to pursue something greater than just good enough? It's time to make a clean break. Pushing aside all the junk. Pushing aside all the things that get in the way. Ephesians 4 says, so get rid of your old self. Some of you need to to chuck the old self. Which made you live as you used to. The old self that was being destroyed by his deceitful desires. I ask you, are there things in your life that you need to make a clean break? You've been settling for good enough. You've been hanging out and mediocre. You've been comparing yourself. Maybe you've come to church and you've been in that same seat for the last 12 years. You look good. You smile. You've learned how to say Jesus and God. You've learned all these spiritual things. The reality of the fact is this. Good enough to live by is simply not good enough to die by. Jesus never said being a good person was enough. It's time to pursue holiness. It's time to pursue something greater 